0: It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then, she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. You have likely heard of the story of Kendrick Johnson, which made the news headlines when he was found deceased, rolled up in a gym mat at his high school. It's been highly, 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 highly debated as to how this teen got there, if it was an accident or if he was murdered. Initially, it was officially ruled as an accident. However, just this month, the case has been reopened as new audio evidence has been discovered. Was Kendrick Johnson murdered, or was this whole thing just some sort of horrific freak accident? Let's talk about it. Before we jump in, I want to give a huge, huge, huge shout-out and a huge thank you to my new patron, Barbara Constantini. With her pledge, I'm able to get a new microphone and I'm so, so thankful because the one I'm using right now, it's nearly been torn to pieces by my dog. Yep, they don't really tell you like, this is just like a nice little perk that comes with getting a puppy, right? Thank you, Barbara, I super appreciate your support. A side note about my patron program, I want to shout out each of you on an episode, but Podbean doesn't give me your name, so if you'd like a shout out, please either leave a comment on my Patreon page or message me whatever works best. Let me know so that I can give you a giant thanks and a huge virtual hug. I'm going to be releasing another patron-only episode this week, and I'm going to be focusing on in-depth series on some of the most intriguing serial killers. I have a link to become a patron in my show notes, but no pressure. I release ad-free patron-only episodes there, so make sure you check it out if you're looking for a little bit something extra. Tonight's episode is sponsored by the services of Legal Shield. Legal issues can be confusing, complicated, and even a little bit embarrassing. Save time, save money, and protect yourself and your family with a legal plan. With Legal Shield, you can speak with your attorney on an unlimited number of personal legal issues. Your attorney can review contracts and draft documents, and one plan covers your whole family, including pre-existing issues. Legal Shield offers a variety of different plans depending on your needs and budget, and if you need help picking the right one, they can assist you. Visit bit.ly/ slash 31 CQ77D, or check the link in my show notes for more details. All right, let's jump in. Kendrick Johnson was a 17-year-old attending Lowndes High School in Valdosta, Georgia. He was really big into sports, particularly into basketball, where he played on the high school basketball team, and one day, he actually hoped that he would be able to play football professionally. His family and friends described him as a sweet and quiet boy. He was a jokester and the life and joy of their house. One thing that can be said without a doubt here is that Kendrick was so very much loved by his family and they've continued to fight for his voice non-stop throughout these last eight years, even in the face of those who just wanted them to shut up. The day of the incident was January 10th, 2013 at Lowndes High School. It was only the second day back to regularly scheduled classes after the holiday break. Kendrick was supposed to have weightlifting class that afternoon, but he never showed up. This was the first sign of Kendrick missing, but you know, it's high school, right? Sometimes kids just don't show up to their classes for whatever reason, so it didn't really raise any alarms at the time. However, that evening, Kendrick didn't show up home either. He was supposed to be watching some sort of sports event after school, but that had already ended. While Kendrick always called his mom to let her know when he was going to be late, initially she figured that maybe he had just forgotten, maybe just lost track of time or was busy and couldn't call yet. But around 9.30 p.m. that night, when he still hadn't showed up at home, She knew that something was wrong, so she got into her car and went looking for him, driving back and forth down the route that he would have taken to get from the school to home, but still no sign of him, so just after midnight, she called the police to report him missing. The next day was Friday, January 11th. Kendrick was still missing, and his mother still hadn't heard anything from him. So his mom, Jackie, went to the school to inform them that her son was missing, and the administration working there actually assisted her by printing color-missing person flyers. Then, around 10 a.m. that morning, a group of students arrived at Lowndes High School gym for their gym class. One student noticed a pair of white socks sticking out of one of the wrestling mats that were stored standing up in a corner of the room. At first, they thought that maybe someone had just, I don't know, forgotten their socks, or maybe there was someone in there playing a joke. But when they got closer to the mat, they realized that the socks were attached to a person, a person who was stuck face down in the mat. The students called their coach over to look, and thinking that this person clearly needed help getting out of the mat, the coach, Philip Piplow, pulled the mat down to the floor and got them out. The person in this rolled-up gym mat was Kendrick Johnson, and at this point, no one had any clue as to how long he had been in there. So while one student called 911, Coach Piplow pulled Kendrick out of the mat to try and perform CPR. However, it was much too late. Kendrick was deceased, and he had been in that mat for some time. Police and paramedics arrived on scene around 11 a.m. and the school was put into lockdown. Police began to investigate the body, how it was found in the mat, and they asked the office for any video footage that they might have near the gym. They also started interviewing any student or staff members that may have been in or around the gym the two days that Kendrick had been missing. Now, let's break down what was discovered. So first of all, we need to talk about where and how Kendrick was found. These gym mats were not small. They're nearly 6 feet tall and 3 feet wide. The way that Kendrick was found in the rolled up mat is interesting to say the least. As I mentioned, he was face down in the mat with his feet sticking out of the top. Two pairs of shoes were found in the mat with Kendrick. One pair were the shoes that he had been wearing, and they were off his feet, found pretty much just sitting on top of his body near his feet and legs. Another pair was found on the floor beneath his body near his head. Many students, including Kendrick, had used the rolled-up mats as storage for their things to avoid paying locker fees, so it was thought that maybe he fell into the mat while looking for a shoe and died being unable to get out. A student at the school later said that he shared a pair of Adidas shoes with Kendrick, and that after gym class, Kendrick would always go to the mats, jump up, and toss the shoes inside the middle of the hole. These may have been the shoes that he was trying to reach for. And when the mat was first unrolled, Kendrick had one arm stretched above his head and the other down around his waist, as though he was struggling for his shoe. The only new blood found at the scene was inside the mat. No blood was found on the outside of the mat. No blood was found on the schoolbook and yellow folder that Kendrick had been carrying. No blood was found on his lower extremities or on the shoes he was wearing. Kendrick's socks were partially pulled off, and there was pooling of blood at the bottom of the mat on the floor, which likely came from decomposition. The blood had dripped from Kendrick onto the floor pooling underneath the shoes that were under him now this part it is kind of weird because of being upside down for so long blood would have started to drip from his eyes and his nose and his mouth which caused the pooling on the floor well the black and white gym shoes that laid on the ground below kendrick the one he was presumed to be reaching for they were lying on top of the pool of blood but there was no blood on the shoe itself you would think that the shoe would also catch some of the dripping blood. So why didn't it? Why was it just pulled under the shoe with the shoe having no blood on it? It's just something that makes you go, huh? There was also vomit found in the mat belonging to Kendrick. Police searched the rest of the school's gym for anything noteworthy, and the only things that they found were a hoodie and a pair of orange and black gym shoes lying on the floor of the gym. Kendrick's family would later claim that they did not belong to him, and from the crime scene photos, they said that they saw a speck of blood, but neither of these items were ever collected. They also found some bloody tissues in a trash can of the gym girl's bathroom. The hoodie and the shoes... They were never taken as evidence. And then the bloody tissue was tested, but it was found to have female DNA. Another girl at the school said that she had been hit in the face with a flag during practice, and the bloody tissues were hers. Beyond that, nothing was really found or appeared to be out of place, but it probably would have been a good idea to test that hoodie and gym shoes that were found. This is one area where police kind of dropped the ball, It seems like they really just thought it was an accident right off the bat and didn't spend a whole lot of time really keeping the scene secure. Apparently, they didn't wear any protective coverings on their feet, so their footprints were all around. They didn't take everything that they should for testing. They just didn't really take care to preserve the integrity of the potential crime scene. Now, the school provided the police with their surveillance camera footage, which showed that at about 1.30 p.m. on Thursday, January 10th, Kendrick walked into the gym. No one follows Kendrick, and no one else walks into the gym for another three minutes after he entered. Kendrick is, of course, never seen leaving the gym, and when he is found the next morning, it's determined that he had been dead in that introverted position for 21 hours. Within 24 hours of finding Kendrick Johnson's body, investigators concluded that it was an accident. An autopsy by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation stated that Johnson had died from positional asphyxia, and the case, well, it was considered closed. (laughs) I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factor's no prep, no mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factor's Chef Crafted Meals that include different nutritional options like calorie smart. Well, Kendrick's family thought that it was way too early to call this an accident and just close the case. And they believed that part of it was because of his race. They thought that because he was a black boy in this very prominently white community, that they were just dismissing it. And if it had been someone who was white that had been found rolled up in that mat, it would have been a different story. So, they approached Reverend Floyd Rose, of Valdosta Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and they asked him if he would help investigate further, and he agreed. Things got really messy from here. The family was firm on their belief that this was not an accidental death, and that Kendrick was actually murdered. The police, on the other hand, they believed that there was absolutely no evidence to suggest murder. And so... There was a huge battle between the two sides. A report was discovered that was written by Lowndes County Coroner Bill Watson that slammed how Kendrick Johnson's investigation was handled. The report read, I was not notified of this death until 1545 hours. The investigative climate was very poor to worse when I arrived on the scene. The body had been noticeably moved. The scene had been compromised, and there was no cooperation from law enforcement at the scene. Furthermore, the integrity of the evidence bag was compromised on January 13, 2013, by opening the sealed bag and exhibiting the dead body to his father. This was wrote by Lowndes County Coroner Bill Watson in a report dated January 22nd. Georgia state law dictates that the coroner must be contacted immediately on the discovery of a body, but Watson claimed that he was not notified until six hours later. Kendrick's family decided that they wanted to get an independent autopsy, and it would be conducted by William R. Anderson with forensic dimensions in Heathrow, Florida, on June 15th. Kendrick's body was exhumed, and the family was shocked to discover that all of his organs had been removed and replaced with newspaper. Now, when I first read this, I was like, holy shit, what? But I guess it happens. I mean, it used to happen at least. It was common practice in the 70s. It's a cheaper, less expensive option. I had no idea that this was common practice. It's not... Uh, best practice by any means but it does happen and apparently the funeral home paid for all of the expenses to have kendrick buried so i guess they just went with the cheaper option now the state of georgia determined that though not the best practice filling body cavities with newspaper isn't illegal and the funeral home broke no laws What happened was apparently the organs were too decomposed after the autopsy, so they just didn't even send them to the funeral home. They just disposed of them because there was nothing really that could have been done. I have no idea, but this just fuels speculation as to what actually happened. Now, as for the autopsy... Anderson claimed that his findings indicated traces of blunt force trauma to the right neck and soft tissues, and suggested that the death was not accidental. What was actually found was a 2 to 3 centimeter bruise on the back of the neck, and I guess that was an indication of blunt force trauma. I mean, it's really difficult when you're not a professional in this area. I'm not a professional. So it's hard to discern who is telling the truth. And which report is accurate? I mean, does a 2 to 3 centimeter bruise, which is very, very small, does that mean blunt force trauma? Or is that just what this guy was saying? It's really difficult when you have one autopsy report completely conflicting from another. And I can imagine this would absolutely confuse the family. For what it's worth, authorities said that Kendrick's body showed no injuries when it was found inside the rolled up mat in the old gym. Now, if you were to look at the autopsy photos, man, you might initially think that he had been beaten before going into the mat. The photos are absolutely brutal. His face is swollen, it's black and blue, he's pretty much unrecognizable, but You have to remember that all of the blood pooled to his head because of the position he was in. Also, I mean, I don't recommend going to look at the photos. That's just my warning to you. Like I said, they are absolutely brutal. But there are tons of photos of Kendrick lying in his coffin at the funeral home. They were released showing him, again, black and blue and swollen. They were actually released by the family. The family wanted to show that they believed he was beaten. So seriously, they literally had these photos on posters at protests and things like that. They were showing these photos everywhere. So they're floating around. They're everywhere. There's autopsy photos. There's funeral home photos. And they are really, really difficult to look at. I honestly believe that... It's most likely just because of the position that he was found in, but it was also discovered that these photos that are being shown were taken after he was autopsy. That's why they look like that. His skin had literally been peeled back from the skeleton and put back on to fully examine him. So, I mean, of course, he looks like he's all bruised and banged up. That's on top of all of the swelling and the blood pooling that would have happened just from him being in the position that he was in. Like I said, I don't recommend looking for them, but... If you'd like to go have a look, they're very, very easy to find. And that way you can make up your own mind. Now the next bit of evidence that was questioned was the surveillance video footage. The cameras that faced the actual gym mats, they were just really like blurry, unfocused. You couldn't really see what was happening. The timing skipped around a lot. All that could be seen from the cameras was Kendrick walking towards the gym and then he's seen kind of jogging around the gym he was never shown really in the gym near the mats or leaving the gym which would have been like really key in finding out what happened also there's a whole hour of footage from the gym that was missing right at the time which would have really just shed some light on what happened that day so some of the apparent lapses in coverage were found to be a result of camera systems that weren't synchronized with one another. There's timestamps between some separate camera systems and they differed by as much as 20 minutes for the same time period. So you would have two cameras that are literally recording video footage from the exact same time, but they were time-stamped as much as 20 minutes different, giving the impression of a gap for portions of the footage where no gap actually existed. Some of the other missing footage was just the result of the camera's motion activated function not being triggered because nobody was walking by, so the camera just wasn't even recording at that time. So I mean, yeah, the video footage, if you think about it, I mean, it's a little bit sketchy, but I don't know if this means that it was tampered with or it's just another bad case of technology issues. Security cameras don't really matter until you really need them. Think about all these security video cameras that, you know, it's grainy, you can't see shit, and you're like, what's the point of even having those cameras? Security cameras don't matter until you need them. So it could just be another case of that. Still, this missing footage really made some people question if there was some sort of cover-up happening. Some conspiracy theories suggest an FBI cover-up. Now, I'm not going to name the two students who are brothers because they should have some right to privacy since they've never been officially named suspects, but you can very easily find it online if you want to, which is kind of shitty because this is just going to follow them around forever. But there's two students that were attending the high school and their father is an FBI agent. And the thought was that he somehow edited the video footage to protect his boys. Now, the Johnsons have really gone after these two boys, believing that they had bullied and possibly murdered Kendrick just over his race. Some suggest over a girl that may have or may not have been interested in him. Like, we don't really know, but... There was actually an incident. There was a fight between Kendrick and one of the boys during a school sports trip. But those who were actually close to the boys have indicated that this fight occurred a year prior to the murder and everyone had since reconciled. I mentioned I'm not going to say these two boys names, but they were named in magazines like it was a whole thing. The Johnsons really went for them. And, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the Johnsons because I understand they're absolutely heartbroken. But these two boys had their lives really just just destroyed and they were never actually named suspects in the case. One of the boys was supposed to get a full football scholarship and it was revoked because the college didn't want to potentially give a scholarship to a murderer. But like I said, these boys have never been named official suspects. There's no real evidence to indicate that they may have been suspects. It's just a theory that the Johnson family has and they've continued to push. They've really held on to it and it's just really unfortunate for everybody. Now, in July of 2014, there was sort of another theory because a man named Dalton Chauncey went to the sheriff and said that he had been present during a conversation where two people said they caused the death of Kendrick Johnson. Well, he was arrested for making a false statement to police because he later admitted he had fabricated the whole story just to, like, boast and brag. You know, people that just want to pretend that they're actually involved in something that they're not. Dalton Chauncey also clarified that the two persons who he vaguely identified, they were fabricated. They weren't real. They do not exist. And so this sort of just fueled more rumors on both sides. People saying, like, there are people that know more than they're saying, and then other people saying, like, look, this, people are just reaching. It's, it's, it's crap. The whole thing is just crap. Now, the following year in 2015... The Johnsons took their theory, their whole theory of someone murdered Kendrick, and they stepped it up a few notches. They filed a $100 million civil lawsuit against 38 different people, including three of their son's classmates. They sued the school, they sued the local crime lab, the state and federal officials, Five agents of the GBI and an FBI agent and more. Now, their theory was that the sons, those two sons that I mentioned before of the FBI agent killed Kendrick and then used their connections to cover up the investigation. Like I said, they sued the school. They said that basically the school failed to protect Kendrick. The lawsuit alleged that another student had a history of provoking and attacking Johnson at school, stating that his provocations took place in the presence of the coaching staff and employees of the school. And even after his mother complained about previous attacks, nothing was done about it. Unfortunately, they literally had no Evidence, No hard evidence at all to back up any of these claims. And so the Johnsons had to drop the suit. But in turn, they were sued for more than $850,000 in attorney fees and more than $1 million in defamation charges. They were ultimately ordered by a judge to pay close to $300,000 worth of lawyer's fees to those that they had accused with literally no evidence to back it up. It's really sad because while I believe the Johnsons have their heart in the right place, that they really believe Kendrick was murdered and the murderers are now just walking free, that they really just want justice for the boy, there have been several instances where they just really stepped out of bounds and did the wrong thing. So, even with all of these theories, allegations... Conflicting evidence and reports, the case was closed and it was officially ruled to be an accident. Well, that was until just this month. Here's where we're getting to the 2021 updates. New evidence has been brought forward and the case has been reopened as a result. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk received an audio recording of someone confessing to the murder of Kendrick Johnson's mother, Jackie Johnson. It's a 25-second recording, and get this, the Johnson family had to pay this person to get access to the recording. The recording was secretly taken by a family member of this new potential suspect, and then sold to the Johnson family for $1,000. Here is what Kendrick's family had to say was on the alleged audio confession. They're going to catch me anyways. I should have never done this. I was young and stupid. Kendrick didn't deserve this, man. A couple of seconds go by and he ends with a very tearful, they're going to catch me anyways. The clip still needs to be authenticated, but apparently this is just one new piece of evidence that has been brought forward, and evidently it's enough to reopen the case. The police also haven't confirmed whose voice was recorded on the tape, so we're gonna have to wait and see what information is released next. This is one of those cases where I think I know what happened and then my mind changes, And then I get a grip on what I think and then something else is revealed and I change my mind. So I've got to say, I personally think it was an accident, but my mind is absolutely not made up. It's not made up by any means. In any case, I hope the Johnson family finally gets the answers they're looking for so that they can get a little peace in their hearts. Of course, Kendrick will always be missed. He'll never be forgotten, and the pain is just not going to go away. But I've got to imagine it would be so difficult feeling like you don't really know what happened to your baby and that justice has never been served. So what do you think? This is the next case we're going to be talking about in my true crime discussion group. So if you've got a theory, if you have any other insight or information you'd like to share, we would love to hear it. Just search Serial Society True Crime Discussion Group on Facebook. So, here are some questions that I'm still kind of just asking myself. Why were his shoes off his feet and placed on top of his body? Why did the shoe at the bottom of the mat not have any blood on it? All of the blood pooled underneath it. How did no one hear him screaming for help? This all happened before all of the students had left for home that day. So there were people going in and out of the gym. Why didn't they hear anything? And what's going on with the video footage? Is there some other reason that pieces seem to be missing? And then those autopsy reports. Why are there two completely different findings? And what is the truth? Then I guess, what is on this new audio tape and who is it? These are all questions that we need to be asking. That's it for me tonight. I would like to once again thank tonight's sponsor. Make sure you check out the link in my show notes to find out what legal services are available to you and your family. Visit bit.ly slash 31cq77d for more details. Like I said, I have the link in my show notes to make it easy for you. As for me, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you give me a thumbs up, a like, and subscribe. If you'd like to become a patron and unlock some badass bonuses like ad-free exclusive episodes, visit patreon.podbean.com slash Until next time, don't be a dommer. Bye.